The air conditioner at the creamery is going full blast, but it doesn't make much of a dent in the sticky heat. Every time Angie opens the freezer case to scoop another cone, I want to duck my head inside to cool off. She's been opening the case a lot today. It's the first Friday after Labor Day, and the shop is full of students from West Bedford High. When Angie has a break between customers, she glances at me where I'm sitting on a stool in the corner. There's a little counter back there where I've propped up my history textbook, pretending to study. You bored, Jess? Angie asks. You don't have to stay, you know. It's so busy, I can't really. She's called away by another customer's order. She grabs a cone from the upside-down stack near the waffle maker, pulls the ice cream scoop out of its milky water bath, and leans into the freezer. She's wearing cutoffs. They're not too short when she's standing, but when she bends over, they slide up so that her butt is barely covered. She straightens up with a cone in her left hand while she shapes the ice cream into a perfect ball with a scoop. Her nails are hot pink today. I was with her when she bought the color at the CVS down the street. As she checks the cone to make sure it's good to go, she bites her lower lip, not a lot, just a slight pinch beneath her front teeth. She does this every time she makes a cone. Then she shakes her hair back, and because it's in a ponytail, it bobs as she moves toward the cash register. When the transaction is finished, she turns back to me. Nobody else is in line right now. Like I said, you don't have to hang out with me today, she says apologetically. I'm sure as soon as Brooke lets out, we'll get another rush. I can meet you later if you want. She wasn't supposed to work today. We were supposed to go to the movies tonight. Normally, Angie works Saturdays for a full shift, but her boss asked her to fill in on Friday, too. I think Angie's more bummed about missing the movie than I am. I don't mind hanging out here with her. I do it all the time on Saturdays. I'm fine, I say to Angie. I'd rather be here than babysitting my sister. She looks worried. Are you sure? She always seems concerned that I'd rather be somewhere else. Do you even need to ask? You know Jamie. I'd be doing makeovers all night. No thanks. She cracks a grin. Next time she gives you a makeover, call me, okay? I want to see it. Don't hold your breath, I say, shaking my head. Jamie's 11, and the last time I let her put makeup on me, I was washing glitter out of my eyes for days. She gets a gleam in her eye. Hey, I know what you need. What? She bounces back to the ice cream case. We got a new flavor in. She takes one of the small neon green tasting spoons and scrapes up a bite. She hides the spoon behind herself as she comes back to me. Close your eyes, she orders, and open your mouth. A little shiver hits me deep in my gut. Nervously, I joke, what if I'm allergic to that? What is it? You're not allergic, it's a surprise. She takes a step toward me. Now close your eyes. It feels so vulnerable to close my eyes and open my mouth without knowing what's coming. I trust Angie, but my eyelids tremble as I sense her approaching. My tongue is heavy on my lower lip. I worry that I'm about to drool, and then I smell Angie's jasmine shampoo and a soft cloud of air against my face, and I stop breathing. The spoon grazes my tongue. I shut my mouth, and my lips brush against her fingertip. It startles me so much that I open my eyes and scoot back off the stool, the spoon jerking free from her hand. 
My face floods with heat while the ice cream melts in my mouth, and it's chocolate, rich and sweet, with a grainy chunk of peanut butter embedded inside. And finally, a swirl of caramel with an unexpected salty bite. Angie's cheeks are a little pink. Chocolate caramel peanut chunk, she says. Her hand, the one with the finger I accidentally kissed, hangs in midair. I'm suddenly conscious of the fact that the neon green spoon is still in my mouth, and I pull it out, embarrassed. It's good, I say, but she immediately makes a face, dismissing what I said. You don't like it. She hooks her thumb in the front pocket of her shorts. I like it, I insist. She shakes her head. I know you, Jess. You don't like it. You want the usual instead? She turns her back to me and goes to the freezer case, grabbing a paper cup on the way. I lick my lips and I wonder if I can taste her fingertip. Sure, okay. I'm grateful that neither of us can look at each other while she bends into the case, scooping out some mint chocolate chip for me. By the time she has carefully packed the scoop into the cup, I've settled back onto my stool, book re-propped in place, pretending like nothing happened. She hands me my ice cream as the creamery's front door opens, the bell jingling. It's a group of Pearson Brooks students. They're not in uniforms or anything. Brooke doesn't have uniforms. But they all exude a we-are-the-shit aura by the way they occupy a space. They seem to expand, legs sprawling and backpacks bulging open, requiring twice as much room as anyone else. Pearson Brook is a boarding school, so during the summer, they don't come to the creamery. During the summer, the creamery is full of families with small children who smile warmly at Angie while she makes them kid-sized cones or root beer floats, who apologize when they accidentally bump into other customers waiting in line, who stuff dollars into the tip jar. After Labor Day, the Brooks students start returning, and late afternoons in September are especially crowded. Unlike the summer families, peebs don't apologize, and they generally treat Angie in two ways. She's either invisible or a piece of ass, and they don't tip well.